Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Wrong Think Radio. I'm your host, Aaron, broadcasting from just outside the nation's capital in beautiful northern Virginia. And I'm Alan, coming to you from the lovely and sunny greater Seattle metropolitan area. And this is Wrong Think Radio. This is our two-hour live program that we put on every single week to bring you guys our facts and analysis of what's going on in the world, how to break through all of the, as we regularly say, media propaganda, of which there's a lot this week that we have to talk about, and to make sense of things and let you know where the traps are, because there's also a lot of traps. Now... Uh, obviously, we were out last week. I kind of made some promises I didn't keep about uh, putting up a different show. That's all on me. That's my fault. So feel free to send your hate mail. Um, it'll be fine. But there are a lot of things that we have to cover. Some stuff from last week that are st- that's still prescient, even though you are being distracted from it. And I think that that's going to be the primary thing that we need to discuss is, uh, in case you all didn't notice... Uh, there's a war of distraction that is happening. And I know that this is going to rustle some people's jimmies because everyone is very excited to virtue signal about their support for Ukraine. And okay, I mean, that's fine and all, except understand what's really going on before you start jumping behind all of the hashtags that are created by the Democrat Party. Because they are. So, um trying not to dive too far into dumb things, but I I have to, uh, and this has been interesting about how emotional and upset people get, but let's just discuss the fact that there um, is a lot of BS in the media right now. There's a lot of stuff being shared on social media that's just inherently not true. And so I thought, why don't we have a little bit of a discussion about why it matters whether or not um, things are true. Because facts are supposed to matter. It's a conservative thing um, that we are supposed to not trust the media because we don't. Like It's not we're supposed to. It's just we don't trust the media. That has been a long-running thing in conservatism, on the right wing, and all of that is that the media lies to try to emotionally manipulate you. That That's pretty factual, right, Alan? That's a standard yeah. talking point, wouldn't you say? Uh, it certainly would. And the, you know, DC commentariat, the big, you know, podcasts and YouTube shows and, you know, different news uh, places all regularly, every single day, do segments about how the media is lying to you. Except when apparently there's a war. Hooray! Now we believe everything the media tells us. We even do the dumbest thing that I've seen, which is choose sides in something that doesn't affect us at all. It certainly is bizarre. Uh, the, The immediate and sudden grappling on of Americans to the plight of the poor ukrainians especially after we saw the after the last six years of nonsense we've put up with from all of the same people on the left that are also voicing support of ukraine has been nothing short of baffling to me i looked at the ukraine crisis and granted i spent some time i knew a lot more about it going in but if i knew nothing about the ukraine knew nothing about russia knew nothing about what was going on and i simply looked at What's who is supporting the Ukraine? Who is voicing support? Who is rallying behind Ukraine? Who is on the side of Ukraine? 
I would look at it and say, well, all of those people share nothing in common with me and, in fact, declare me their enemy all the time, so maybe I shouldn't support Ukraine. Mm -hmm. If the World Economic Forum, the UN, the Democrat Party, Bill Gates, the, the, you know, the global banking elite, like if all of those people are on a side, it is probably that that side is against my interest and I should be on the opposite side opposing it. That's... That's simply the calculus you could use, and I think that you would be much more in the right than all these people that suddenly went, well, sure, the Davos Econ you know, the Davos Group, the World Economic Forum, all the people that just punished us with two years of COVID horror, all the people that lied the entire time of Donald Trump's presidency, all the mainstream media, Hollywood, celebrities, all of these Democrats, the Biden administration, sure, I hate them, and they do nothing but signal that they are counter to my interests. But Ukraine, I'm sure all of that will go is doesn't apply and we can all come together and support Ukraine and all be in the right. Like yeah. when have those people ever been in the right on any other issue? When have ever any of them ever when have you seen any of them and thought, "Wow, you know what? I might disagree with Biden and all these on ever literally everything else, but I, I'm totally excited that he's doing the right thing for Ukraine. Th that doesn't make sense. That, in fact, is highly suspicious. I mean, so... It's like there's so many emotional children out there. Yeah. And, and let me explain. Like, you can have whatever feelings you want about what's going on. Like, okay, like Russia rolled the uh, troops and tanks and everything in into Ukraine. The idea that well, the Ukrainians are taking up arms and fighting Russia, like, oh, yeah, that's, um, of course, that makes perfect. That's exactly what you should do. Like, I mean, this isn't insane. Like, there, I mean, <clears throat> like, I just, the biggest part about this is there's a couple of ways that, that we kind of have to, like, take this apart. Number one, I don't have to choose a side. This is not my war. And I, I bring that up because I have okay. seen several people demanding that you take a side. You have to, or you either stand with Ukraine or you stand with Russia. I stand with the United States of America. That's who I stand with. I will not be forced to stand with some other country of which the majority of these people are completely ignorant of. And it doesn't matter. Like, it, it, it doesn't matter if Ukraine's good. It doesn't matter if Ukraine's bad. It, none of this matters. It's just you do not force me to pledge an allegiance to some other country. And stop right. doing it. Stop being emotionally manipulated by people who hate you to take well, and, a and side. And like we're seeing with everything else, it immediately becomes part of this political friend versus enemy distinction. Yep. I remember how many times people said, well, COVID isn't political. But then suddenly here, those same people were essentially making then intimating, oh, well, if you're not on my side with masks and vaccines and everything, then you're probably on the other side. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with the Ukraine. If and people view it as as a friend versus enemy distinction and. That's why they want to know. That's why they want that's why they want you to signal your support for one side or the other, because to them, it's been put into their head that this is yet another facet 
of this friend versus enemy culture war politics in the United States. Oh, only evil fascist Trump supporters would support Russia. Like that's what they're being told. And it's an effective tactic because it gets people very wary of actively looking at the situation and deciding, deciding it for themselves. I think by any measure, the United States is very is very much to blame for pushing this situation into an actual ground invasion. It all could have been, it all could have just gone away if the United States simply had said, "Well, all right, Ukraine joining NATO violates a stated security interest of Russia. Maybe we we don't." Why, maybe we don't push Ukraine to join NATO. Why is it necessary? Why is it necessary to give a country on the border with Russia essentially the ability to trigger World War III via the NATO charter? That doesn't seem really necessary. It also doesn't – it also is admittedly by our own politicians, they admit Ukraine is not a core security interest of the United States. Mm-hmm. So why are we, why, there was no reason for the United States to push so hard about making sure Ukraine joins NATO other than simply to punish Russia, Russia for its insolence in thinking that it could dictate any term to the United States. And that level of arrogance by our leadership is exactly what caused push put Russia in the position where they felt like, well, if we want to keep NATO missiles out of strike range of Moscow – we have to invade Ukraine because the West is absolutely unwilling to talk any kind of nego- to have any kind of negotiation other than full capitulation of Russia. And that is a bad way to treat any country because it only will harden their hearts against you and make them find some way they can screw you over in the long run. We treated Russia like a vassal state rather than a foreign power worthy of respect. Right. People do not like being disrespected, especially the Russians. Well, and, and one of the things that just like needs to be acknowledged is none of this is shocking. Anybody who's shocked by this has not been paying attention. Exactly. And, and the the <clears throat> sorry, the, the core part of this is it has been very obvious, especially from the Democrat side, uh, that they have wanted to fight some sort of war. With Russia. I mean, that's been the thing for the last six years is Russia's just the worst. Oh my God, they're so bad. They're so bad. They're they're stealing our elections. They're doing all of this evil. They're the great evil. Um, all while ignoring China, of course, uh, because of vested interests. Now, um I find it fascinating that we've had we've dealt with basically six years of rhetoric about how evil and terrible Russia is. And then suddenly we basically thrust a proxy war. Ukraine and Russia are now fighting in the streets. And the United States is what's hilarious about this is when you make statements like this is Biden's fault. Biden caused this war. Everyone starts screeching, you know, to the sky and saying, no, Putin started it. And it's like, come on, they're doing they're making a purity test. If you don't support Ukraine, then you must be a pro-Putin, pro-Russia, fascist, terrible, bad person. How, how are supposedly the smart people in the room not seeing that this was the plan all along? In fact, all of this dumb virtue signaling, we're all Ukrainians now, 
Guys, yeah. it's the same thing as we're all in this together. How are you not seeing the very yeah. obvious, the very obvious markers that the U.S. 100, the, the liberal elite 100% caused this war to happen to distract from all of their failures domestically? Like, seriously, how can you not see that we just watched Justin Trudeau assault his citizens his own citizens for the temerity of honking their horns and protesting his dumb mandates. We watched Joe Biden's economy crater. Inflation go insane. Gas prices are insane. Uh, there's no job growth. There's negative uh, or, or inflation is just so out of control that people literally can't afford groceries. But then all of a sudden they're like, uh, there's a war. Everybody coalesce behind us. We're all in this together, right, guys? Come on. How are yeah. you not seeing the writing on the walls? This is literally a movie. There is a movie that was released called Wag the Dog. And in that movie, it is the re-election of a president, and his poll numbers are terrible, and domestically, he's not doing well. So they fake a war. They fake a war. There's no actual war, but they use footage, and they, like, dig up some old stuff. They create a war hero. They do all of this propaganda to fake a war because what happens when a country's at war Everybody coalesces behind the person who's in the White House. We're all in this. We, we've got to show our strength as a unified nation in these terrible times. But just so you guys are aware, this war has nothing like has no effect on the United States. If Ukraine gets taken over by Russia, which I don't I don't even think that's Russia's intent, but it doesn't matter. If Ukraine right. gets taken over by Russia, your life does not really change. If the Ukrainians yeah. beat back Russia, your life does not really change. Do you know what does change, though? What's that? What does change is all of this propaganda that everybody in the United States is being fed right now is causing <clears throat> all of the acceptable right-wing actors, you know, the people that the left allows to exist, it causes them to be able to virtue signal their support and call anybody who, d by the way, sorry, real quick. I don't really know people that are pro Russia. I know people who are pro not having to do with some other country's war and not wanting to have anything to do with getting into another failed foreign policy forever war under Joe yeah. Biden. But what's the media saying and what's the, the, the approved conservative uh people saying well if you don't support ukraine you're pro putin oh and who are they saying that about alan uh they're saying that about anybody who's essentially pointing out hey there's this giant propaganda disinformation campaign going on you should probably be uh, a little skeptical of everything you're hearing from the news they are saying this about the top people on the right they're using it to go after the, the usual suspects, Tucker Carlson, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Donald Trump, uh, uh, Hawley, Senator Hawley. They're going to use this to go after any, any of those people they don't like. The same people they've been going after the whole time. They're probably going to use it to go after Joe Rogan if he says that this is dumb. They're probably going to use it to deplatform people saying that they're Russian propaganda. Are you all seeing a pattern here? 
Are you all seeing the exact same playbook for COVID misinformation being used now for if you don't support Ukraine, your Russian misinformation? My God, it's like the entire plan has always been to silence their political opposition. Oh, weird. Yeah. Sorry. I, I don't mean to be. I don't mean to be so mean about it. But I have had people who I respect get mad at me for pointing out that the ghost of Kiev was a lie. Yeah. Get mad at Which me. Which it for, is. Yeah. Get, get mad at me for pointing out that like that apart, there was not an apartment building that got shelled and some wounded woman that was from like a German like gas explosion. That's not an explode. That's not a downed Russian aircraft. That's an image from an air show where an F-16 blew up. That's not, you know, Zelensky's not sitting there on the front lines with his troops. That's an image from like two years ago when he went and visited troops like any president does. People get, they're so emotionally attached to this because the media told them, you have to pick a side. Well, I pick Ukraine because Russia's big and mean. Okay, well, now you've picked a side. Now you're emotionally attached to that side. And when somebody says that thing that you've just been sharing was a lie and it's propaganda and they go, well, it's giving hope to the poor oppressed Ukrainians. So it's okay. It's that has been a absolutely shocking, shockingly common response that I've seen to Mm. people when the clear disinformation campaign is exposed. I have seen many responses across Facebook, Twitter, across the sphere of the comment being, well, it's okay because it gives the Ukrainians hope. And that seems very strange to me. Yeah. No, my my favorite one is this is a tactic that's pretty normal, right? Um, Oh, hey, there's a foreign language that you guys don't know. We're just going to tell you what's happening in the video. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I've, I saw one that there's a video out there of what is what we're told is these are some Russian troops that ran out of gas. And here's a Ukrainian man taunting them, saying he'll he'll offer to tow them back to Russia. And there's subtitles in the video. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the video, it's it's a Ukrainian vehicle, the Ukrainian soldiers that have run out of gas. And the translation is not pro, not necessarily genuine. Well, and and that's the whole thing is, is like, okay, trying to debate, like it it does it to be fair. It does look like a Ukrainian vehicle. There are markings that go on these vehicles and that's how people have been using like intelligence people have been using to um, identify them. But, but real quick, quick, just mm -hmm. as a a tool for our audience, a quick metric to use. All the Russian vehicles are marked with a big Z, a big white painted Z emblem to separate mm-hmm. them from the Ukrainian vehicles because they're all the same make and model of vehicles because they're all f- former Soviet army. Right. If you don't see the big white Z painted on the vehicle, be a little skeptical as to whether it's Russian or not. Right. Well, I mean, there's definitely that, but like, let's, let's just, let's just go along with it a little bit. Okay. Let's say it was a Russian vehicle. I can't, I, 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 I don't, I don't understand Ukrainian. I don't understand Russian. But this guy pulls up in a civilian vehicle to a bunch of armed troops that are supposedly, because this is what's weird. That's what it was being sold as is, ha, 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 Ukrainian citizen taunts Russians. <laughs> so this guy drives his car up. Like, this is what, this is what some of, some of you people, and, and, and I, I understand how this happens. I'm not trying to insult 
or, or attack anybody, but you people shared a video where you're literally believing that a random Ukrainian citizen drove up on a massive armored vehicle with a bunch of armed troops standing outside of it, rolled his window down and started talking shit to an invasion force. You, you're, you believe that. That's, that is, you are believing that. You're saying, yep, this totally happened and that's not weird at all. So, yeah. so, okay. Um, if that story's true, then I arrive at a different conclusion, which is, so Russia's not really being that bad. Is that the intent of your story here? That Ukrainian citizens can go up and talk shit to Russian armed troops who could just as I'm told by the Western media would just obliterate that guy because they're all war criminals, right? They've supposedly already committed a bunch of war crimes. So, but they're going to let that guy be like, you need a toe back to Russia. Yuck, yuck, yuck. And then he just goes about his merry way. Okay. So Russia's not that bad that because that's what I would gather from that. Right. And I think that's a very, reasonable assumption to make yeah but the whole point of it was what the situation in the video relatively unknown supposedly it was a ukrainian vehicle ukrainian guy goes up but i don't know i mean i've seen people try to debate it i can't translate it so if it's russia then russia seems pretty uh pretty chill for an invasion force if they're gonna let a guy you know, joke around with them. They, the soldiers laugh. You can hear it in the video. Guy makes comments, soldiers laugh, and then they just have a calm conversation and dude goes on his way. If it's a Ukrainian vehicle and a Ukrainian guy, okay, who cares? Whatever. Um, you know, if it's a Russian vehicle, Russian guy, okay, who cares? Whatever. It's just one of those. I don't understand what the point of this is. I mean, I know what the point is. The point of the propaganda is for a bunch of people to shill and be like, yo, Ukraine's winning it. But let me ask a a question. I've gone through some of the things that were absolute lies and were untrue. What is the point of the propaganda? Why is there an extreme amount of pro... Let, Let me rephrase this. Let me frame it a little bit better. Russia invaded Ukraine. That did happen. Yes. And it is very easy to, it's very easy to be on the side of Ukraine as a sovereign country and an armed force from another country invaded it. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty normal for you to be like, well, I'm going to support the guys that are being invaded by a country. That makes sense. That's perfectly normal. Also, the only actual debate that I'm seeing about the U.S. response. So far, all the... And we'll get into this a little bit later in the program. So far, all the U.S. has really done is, like, issue some sanctions and do do stuff like that. We're not... We are not in combat or at war with Russia. We are right. not... We're not sending troops into Ukraine. We're not doing any of those things. All we're doing is saying, okay, from the diplomatic standpoint, we're going to do some economic sanctions. There really isn't anyone that disagrees with that. There's really nobody that's saying like, oh, I think economic sanctions are a terrible idea. There's the group of people that support what's happening and say Joe Biden's the greatest ever, ever, ever. There's other people that say he's not doing enough. 
and he needs to do far more because these sanctions are pretty toothless. Um, and there's some stuff in that that we'll talk about. Um, the only real debate that's existing is whether or not this was Joe Biden's fault. <laughs> and so what's this propaganda for? There's not a giant contingent in the United States that's like screaming that they want Ukraine to lose. That's not happening. Right. There's either people who don't care and don't think we need to be involved or there are people that want Ukraine to win because they're going up against the evil Russian empire or what the hell ever. But there's not really a bunch of people that are like, oh my God, like I don't see people like, I hope that Russia just crushes Ukraine and kills all the Ukrainians in a giant, like, you know, genocide. And like, it becomes, you know, a giant, like new Russian state. There are people who say, I kind of like, I, to be honest, the people who want to see failure in this want to see our politicians fail. It's not, it's irrespective of Ukraine. It's irrespective of, I want Russia to have a victory. There are people who want to see the globalists fail in their newest war. And that's right. very and different. That's, that's the camp that I find myself in. Yeah. I, in this conflict, I hope Russia wins. I hope they beat the pants off Ukraine. I hope it is a absolutely undeniable Russian victory because I want the people that are on the, the, the side of the Ukraine to lose. Okay, describe those people so people don't take you out of context. And uh, what, what, because what you're okay. going to have to battle now is the new propaganda. That means you're pro-Putin. That means yeah. that, that, that you support well, everything that Russia yeah. does. You know all about it, all their politics, and you support it. But what's the reality of that? Who are the people that you want to fail? I want the World Economic Forum to fail. I want the globalists to fail. I want the Democrat Party to fail. I want all of their legions of activists to fail. I want Black Lives Matter to fail. I want I want all of these major banking institutions to fail. I want big corporations to fail because all of them have consistently over the last six years aligned themselves thoroughly against my interests and will not shut up about me being the world's biggest about me being the greatest terror threat to the United States because I'm white and want the border, want border security. Right. That that's why I want Ukraine to lose is because the people that have signaled time and time again that they, well, actually not, not even signal the people that have destroyed our economy, the people that destroyed this country with two years of COVID nonsense, the people that kept loved ones from seeing their, from going to their parents' funeral while they were giving a golden casket to George Floyd, the people that stood by while our cities burned in Black Lives Matter riots, but then called the police on school board meetings when people tried to get rid of mask mandates in schools. Those are the people that are siding with Ukraine. And I want those people to lose because those people deserve to lose. And and if that make, and if Putin has to win for that to happen, fine. Putin winning in the Ukraine does not hurt me in any way, but it will hurt them. It will hurt their arrogance. It will damage their credibility. It will just damage their reputation. And it will weaken the power of all of these forces that have absolutely shown themselves over the last six years to be a verifiable threat to my future and my civil liberties. Yeah. The deep state stands to lose on this. The American State Department stands to lose credibility. The intelligence community stands to lose credibility. And which of those organizations have you seen in the last six years 
actually stand up for America. I can't. Th- I think all of them have taken a very strong line against America and the American people. Yeah, and that's why I'm pro Putin in this situation because Putin is a because the Putin is essentially on my side. He's at the very least not on the side of the people I know are operating counter to my interests. Yeah, and, and so like the the basic explainer here is because. What I'm trying to get ahead of is all of all of the the things that I know we're going to see and we're seeing some of it and it's going to get more and more extreme is you you have to understand that the when when you start hearing even people on the right who are trying or to be honest, like I I would hope that you you people could vet your sources, but you may not have you may not pay as close attention as like Alan and I do. And there are a lot of failed never Trumper commentators who were very popular during the Iraq war um, nonsense that are trying to make a comeback in the like conservative circles by turning this into if you don't support Ukraine. And by the way, just so you're aware, that means Biden. Yeah. Yeah. There, those things are not ex- those those things are not exclusive. Uh, exclusive. Um, supporting Ukraine. When these people talk about that, they mean supporting Biden. Yeah, I don't support Biden. Yeah, but but understand what what Alan is is pointing out here is it's irrespective of who, it 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 could be Vladimir Putin, it could be. You know, it, it could be Joe Schmo from some other rando country. But if it's the ability of taking the globalist elite who hate you, want you dead, want to destroy your private property, want to take away your individual sovereignty, want you to basically have to bend the knee to the global economy, the global political elite, instead of having your own sovereignty as a country. Yeah. It's about supporting it's about wanting them to lose. Exactly. And I don't I want the, these people to lose and them losing and I guess this is the, another good point. If they win in the Ukraine, if the globalist powers win in the Ukraine, that will be a bigger detriment than Putin winning in the Ukraine. Putin winning in the Ukraine ends with essentially Ukrainian neutrality. The globalists winning in Ukraine ends in potentially further conflict and war with Russia. It ends in another country coming under the thrall of the same people that we all hate. Mm -hmm. Why would I want that? Why would I want these same people that we have just seen lie, lie and lie and lie, throw people in jail like January 6th, violating all their civil liberties, just violating the civil liberties of all those truckers in Canada. Clearly, the governments of the West do not care about civil liberties and or any of the other great things that they supposedly support. And that's why I want them to lose. They're hypocrites, and that hypocrisy is dangerous because I don't know what they're capable of doing, and neither do you. We all just have to guess and hope that it's not something much, much worse than what we've seen. But I have a feeling like it's going to be. I feel like no matter what 
all the, no matter what the American government, the Canadian government, no matter what these people do next, it's not going to be good for any of us. And that's why I want them out of power. And if their power is damaged by a by Russia winning in the Ukraine, then that's very beneficial. I mean, if if I had to uh, summarize, mm-hmm. like a lot of my feelings on this, or, or some of my feelings on this, when when people talk about like, oh, do you stand with the Ukrainian people? I I do in a sense. I, I I feel a lot of sympathy for the Ukrainian people. And the reason why is they are suffering because a bunch of arrogant politicians in the West started this war to distract from their failures. You yeah. like you're not going to change my mind on that. And so if you really want to know why I'm being so like agitated about the propaganda, about the sudden you have to take a side, is we completely screwed over a country. Like I, I have been watching this for months. I remember Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, begging Joe Biden to calm down because he was basically shilling for a war in someone else's country. Like that happened. Yeah, the Western, like the United Kingdom, Canada, uh, France, Germany, like all of these countries, NATO was shilling for a war in a country that's not a member of NATO against a country uh, against a country they all hate. Yeah, the Ukraine. And if you wonder why, it's like, what is what does NATO exist for? NATO exists in order to put pressure on Russia. Yeah, and they kept pushing and pushing and pushing for Ukraine to join NATO. This is exactly what the Crimean conflict was about, was the, was a president got elected in Ukraine that said, we are going to abandon the whole NATO thing in favor of neutrality. Then there was a US backed coup that kicked that guy out of power. And then Russia said, well, shoot, now America has their puppet in the Ukrainian White House. Our biggest naval base needs to be protected in Crimea and that's what they did. They invaded because they're like, we can't lose our biggest NATO base when the West pushes Ukraine when the West pushes Ukraine into the arms of NATO. Mm-hmm. Yeah, need I remind you, uh coups are good again. In case you guys didn't know that. Uh that's the big thing yeah. is uh we're doing all of these sanctions suddenly and the hope is is that the uh, Russian people have a coup. Yeah. So as much as we Oh, and and by the way, Yanukovych is who you're talking about. That was the uh Russian president that that was deposed uh because supposedly uh there was election fraud. Yeah. That was that that was one of the statements that was made too was there was election fraud. So I I guess um the, like like I titled the program today is like why don't we just dive into this? Here's all the things that Ukraine's allowed to do that you're not, according to the left. Um, Ukraine is allowed to have a coup because they think an election was stolen and they think that a president is corrupt. Now, yeah. we had people that believed that and they protested. 
Now, remember, the international community and the United States got very upset in 2014 because Yanukovych was mean in jailing protesters and killed some of them and uh, all of that because they were protesting like the election and corruption. But it was okay for them to do that in January 6th. Uh, so it's okay for Ukraine to have a coup and to claim that elections were stolen. But in the United States, it's the worst, most evil Nazi thing that you can do. So just so you're aware, uh, in Ukraine, yeah. it's okay to protest your government. It's okay to have a coup. If you do it in the United States, you will be jailed for multiple years with no trial. Uh, additionally, uh, which, which, by the way, I'm sure um, any of the uh, media fact checkers will now say that that's all Russian disinformation, even though it's absolutely true. Um, <clears throat> additionally, the Democrats, I am not joking, especially one of the most popular social media platforms for liberals and their insanity, Occupy Democrats, are celebrating the distribution of assault rifles to Ukrainian citizens to fight Russians. So just so you're aware, you're not allowed to own an assault rifle. Joe Biden wants to take away your ability to own an AR-15, but we will hand but it's okay if a government hands them out for free to their citizens because I guess Russia maybe. So maybe yeah. the, maybe the new line has to be, well, I need to have my right to bear arms in case Russia invades us. <laughs> Right. And again, this just exposes how disingenuous the left in America is on almost every issue. Well, they don't stand for anything other than the continued continued grabbing of grabbing of power and that makes them dangerous. That makes them that makes them people that can't be negotiated with. And that's why I want them to lose on this one. I want them to lose and become more demoralized because at the end of the day that's that's what it will will end with is it will end with them being demoralized rather than emboldened. And I don't want them to be emboldened. That would be worse than them being demoralized. Right. Now, what about, I mean, we've been told by the United States military, we've been told by the government, the FBI, sorry, there's something in my throat, um, hmm. that the greatest threat the greatest terrorist threat, the greatest threat, whatever, the biggest, most threatening, threaty threat um, is uh, neo-Nazi, far-right extremism and white supremacy, right? That's what I've been told. Oh, okay. Um, well, because of that, uh, Facebook and social media and all these other groups have obviously been blocking any sharing of content for any group that's considered a neo-Nazi organization. Of course. Until a few days ago. And why is that? Well, we've talked about this group before, but the Azov Regiment. The According to the left, the Azov Regiment, which is a Ukrainian National Guard Regiment, is a neo-Nazi group. Yeah. And you were not allowed to talk about it on Facebook. You would, your post would be removed. You would get censored because yeah. they are neo-Nazis. But right. Facebook announced... That they yeah. will allow people to discuss Az the Azov regiment, yeah. Because in glowing terms, Russians. they will allow people to praise the Azov battalion temporarily, oh, sorry, battalion, because of the situation in the Ukraine. Yep. So it's okay to be a neo-Nazi as long as you're fighting the Russians. Yeah, as long as you're currently in Ukraine right now. Yep. So you can be a neo-Nazi in Ukraine. 
Yeah. Now, come on. Now, before anybody accuses us of taking the line that Putin said, calling Ukraine Nazis, Alan did a very good job of explaining why there was a lot of that symbolism in the Azov battalion. He explained like how that probably happened. And the likelihood is that they were not a neo-Nazi organization, but the globalists said they were. The tech elite said they were. The left wing media said they were. So according yeah, they to used all them, the sca- they used a bunch of scary images. They have scary Nazi runes on their sh- flags, which are incidentally the same ones that Grandpa had when he was fighting against the communists in World War II. Because yeah. of the Azov Battalion, like these groups, draw from the experience that Grandpa had in World War II joining with the Nazis to fight the Soviet Union that had just finished its horrible famine-induced, basically, genocide of Ukrainians. Yeah. The Holodomor. It's no wonder that they would side with with the Nazis who were opposed to the USSR. Yeah. Like, wow, Grandpa had some SS runes on his jacket. You know what? It's time for like Ukrainian nationalism is ascendant again. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna use those same symbols because that's cool. That's I that I believe is the extent of neo Nazism. Now remember, while these neo Nazis in the Ukraine were developing as a militia, they were being supported. They were being armed, funded, and trained by a Ukrainian government that had a Jewish president and Jewish prime minister. Right. They can't be the neo-Nazis that we want to think of if they're supporting a government led by Jews. That doesn't make any sense. Does it make sense to you? Of course not. Right. And and the, the point is, is like, we know that they're not, but the left said they were. Right. And now the left is saying that they're okay now. Not because yeah. they changed their mind. It's just, well, you, you can praise a neo-Nazi group because they're... Because they're pushing our propaganda. Yeah. It's that's it's it really is that simple. Right. And, you know, like it it is it's extremely frustrating because like I don't give a damn about Russia. I don't feel like I need to give a damn about Russia. Like I want U.S. I want the U.S. to be number one. That's what I want. Sure. Um, I want it to not be in a corrupt and gross way like um, a lot of our politicians currently have. Oh, and sorry, real quick, a side note that I, I absolutely have to point out. Can we, like, at least not forget that Ukraine has been Joe Biden's, like, money laundering piggy bank? Because uh, that's pretty yeah. notable. That's pretty weird. Uh, that's Okay, that's another big thing. All of these scandals involving Democrat politicians, they all have kids that are making million-dollar salaries for at being, what was what is it, being consultants for Ukrainian gas companies or connected with the Ukrainian government. Okay, what's another reason I want Ukraine to lose? Because all of these Democrat politicians seem like they're somehow corruptly in bed with Ukrainian businessmen and the Ukrainian government. That makes me nervous. <laughs> that makes me very skeptical that the Ukrainian government is a force for good. It makes it seem like the Ukrainian government is a vassal state of some global progressive cabal that's essentially the same people that all these scandals center around. 
Mm-hmm. Like, why would I want Hunter Biden's business business associates to get a win? Yeah. Yeah. But the whole the whole thing here is just that <clears throat> understand like and that's what gets rough about it, right? Is like I said, not I, I, I don't care about Russia. I don't support Vladimir Putin. It's it, it's an it's a non entity to me. Now, we can talk about different, like, national security things and this and that and, and whatever, but the the reality of it is, is Vladimir Putin doesn't really have any effect on my life. And the theoreticals that come out of dumb think tanks that it's like, well, if Putin gets stronger, then America gets... I don't... I don't, I don't really buy it. So, so much of that has been bullshit. Now... Is Putin a bad guy? Yeah, probably. Maybe. Like, Maybe not. I, I only know that Putin's a bad guy by listening to Western propaganda, that uh, by Western media networks, that I will also have to admit are propaganda outlets. Well, they say the same things about him that they say about me, so I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that's, that's the thing. They say the same things about Putin they said about Trump, and it wasn't true about Trump, and so how do I know it's true about Putin? Right. And... That, but, and that's, that's a, a legitimate serious question to ask yourself. That's a legitimate thing. There's a lot of things we don't know. There are a lot of things we don't know. And that's the reason why an accurate media that doesn't lie its ass off to you is actually really important. Um, yet we don't have that. So here we are. But the point mm-hmm. is, is like, uh, I, I can tell you this much. I don't agree with uh, this. I, I did, definitely didn't agree with the Soviet Union because they were communists. So I'm not a fan there and yeah. uh, reservations that I would have on Putin is the fact and, that and no he... one's saying that you are. That's the other thing. Mm-hmm. The current Russia is not the Soviet Union. Vladimir Putin is not Joseph Stalin. Any comparisons like that are anti are, are fiction. Yeah. And so it's just that I think just why, why are we even deigning those responses with any kind of legitimacy? Because they're at their core baseless. They're baseless and hyperbolic coming from people that don't know their own history. Or if they do, it's designed as a specific manipulation tactic. Well, and and the overall point I was going to make is, like, regardless of, like, my, my professed ignorance and distrust of everything that I hear, but even if all of the reasons why people tell me Putin's a bad guy, that's acceptable. And I would say, yeah, of course, all of these things that I'm hearing... That is what I would also define as a bad guy. But to be completely honest, I don't see it being that much different than what we suffer here in the United States. Yeah. And and that's I don't not... understand how how is Putin a worse guy than Justin Trudeau? How is he worse than Joe Biden? How is he worse than Barack Obama? Any of these ghouls that we've had to suffer in our uh, being, you know, in our government. How, how how is he that much worse? Oh, he he kills people. We drone strike American citizens. He unfairly jails his political opponents. Everybody from January 6th is still being held without trial for the simple crime of trespassing. Yep. Yeah. Oh, he he rules his country with an iron fist and doesn't let them have freedom. Remember when the, your government, liberal government in the West, sh- shut down, forced businesses to close because of some nonsense virus scare that itself was culpable in creating? Remember when the U.S. developed a bioweapon with China? It escaped the lab, and then they lied to us about it? 
What yeah. moral authority does anyone in the West have to make a to to declare Putin some kind of enemy of humanity? Yeah. How many how many thousands of Iraqi, Libyan, Afghan citizens are dead because of cavalier US attitudes towards using drone strikes? Oh, I have to admit, so it was really funny when a lot of people were sharing the like George W. Bush response about the absolute horrific like invasion of Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't know if George, I don't know if you want to pull George W. Bush out as a guy to make the justification for war here. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong, like that's what you do. I'm so I'm I don't want people to mistake and think that I'm taking the position that you can never have any like military engagement. I'm not No, I'm no. not I, I just want to explain. I'm not anti-interventionist necessarily. Uh I I definitely have a high bar, especially after the like last 20 years of us just completely screwing up Afghanistan and Iraq. But what what I want to make sure is clear is like well, one, we're not actually, I, I'm going to reiterate, we're not doing anything in Ukraine. So all right. of this like bluster, you're basically like watching this on TV. That's what's happening. This is a television show and this is like American Idol with tanks. That's right. Which is right also now. why the American, like this overflowing support for I stand with the Ukraine coming from Americans is so weird. It's the yeah. same as all these uh, Americans I know that are willfully sharing what is disinformation and then claiming, well, you know, it's okay because it's helping to it's it's helping to make the Ukrainians feel good. Yeah. And like, you don't know any Ukrainians. You're not sharing this with any Ukrainians. You're not Facebook friends with any Ukrainians. You have no idea whether Ukrainians need this hopeful story of the fake ghost of Kiev fighter pilot that downed 16 Russians in a single day. Like, uh, if you believe that, then I also want to tell you that there's no tanks outside Baghdad and Vasily Saitsev have, has killed his thousandth German. Like, these are, these stories are not believable and people are choosing to believe them. It's absolutely bizarre. Well, and the part that I don't like about it is it's emotional manipulation and honestly, the reason why it's so effective is because of how much we've been abused. Yeah. We have been we have been the same people that are sharing this propaganda are also the same people that have divided us so violently over the last six years uh, through the presidency of Donald Trump that, yes, people emotionally are gravitating towards this Ukraine thing because it's something that's actually uniting citizens. Like, finally, that liberal friend of yours on Facebook that refuses to talk to you, maybe blocked you, maybe stopped, like, like an entire lifelong friendship ended because they just couldn't stand the idea that you supported Donald Trump. You guys are finally agreeing on something. They yeah. did this to you. You're excited to see you and your neighbors sharing the same hashtag because you've been abused by these people. You have been divided by them. And guess what? They're using this to do it too. You morons. Because guess yeah. what's happening now? All of the people who have defended you consistently, 
all of the people that have defended you and exposed the government corruption of the Biden administration, the people who told you the truth. Yeah, the people that all the people that a lot of these liberals spent the last however many years calling, oh, they're Nazis, they're they're spreading disinformation, they're wrong, they're evil, they're all this. They've those people simply don't are simply trying to look out for your interest and go, no, you're being manipulated. It's the same thing we've been saying this whole time. It's the same about Black Lives Matter. It's the same about COVID. It's the same about all of this. The, the core thread is you're being manipulated and I'm worried and I don't want that for you. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I, I have to point out because everybody's getting all excited and, and they're very excited to virtue signal and have a thing that they can unite around. So everybody's jumped behind all these hashtags and these supports for some other country's war that we started, but then aren't doing anything about. Um, I have to point out that, okay, do you guys like Tucker Carlson? Do you guys like some of these other commentators? Well, guess what? They're all going to start being called Russian disinformation. The U.S. government is going to find the, – the liberals in the U.S. government is going to find a way to start shutting down the voices who told you the truth over the last year of Biden's failures and lies. They are going to claim that they are pro-Putin because they're – because those people are smart and know that you're being manipulated. And they're going to try to help you from being manipulated. And that's when the left is going to say, oh, it's Russia. Did They're pro-Putin. Oh, anybody who doesn't stand with the Ukrainian people is a Putin fascist. Oh, my God. And now we have a bunch of people on the right who are going to go along with it like idiots. It's the same thing that happened when COVID came out. And there started being all these dumb conservative purity tests of like, well, I mean, I just we're all in this together. Right, guys? It's okay that we're being oppressed. Right. And a lot of people on the right, I think, are very well-meaning. And I think a lot of them see what's going on in Ukraine and have this, I'm supporting the underdog mentality, which I think is very natural and normal. Unfortunately, it is that exact level of care for your fellow man that the left is actively tries to manipulate. And that is a very unfortunate thing, but is something that we have to be very cognizant of. They designed the propaganda specifically to make things difficult for us to discuss and this is yet another example of that. They're trying to get people on the right to either to sort of fight each other yeah. over over Ukraine, and rather than unifying and saying, "Hey, how about um, how about no more unnecessary wars, everybody? What can we do? Maybe the United States can sacrifice one country joining NATO in order to prevent a larger conflict." Mm-hmm. Yet that is somehow totally off the table and it's off the table specifically because there is a concerted effort to keep it off the table for people on the right. It's the natural conclusion of people on the right after watching what they did to Trump after the last two years of nonsense from the Biden administration. And that's why I think the goal is to intentionally make it difficult for people to support what is absolutely a natural opinion they should have. Yeah. Now don't get me wrong. Um, would I love it if a ragtag militia group of armed civilians beat back the Russians uh, out of Ukraine? I think that that would be awesome. 
And it's mostly because I would love every military in the world to look back and go, oh my God, a ragtag group of pissed off citizens could beat back a full military. Uh, well, because and that's I, a good question. Mm-hmm. This brings up another very good question. Supposedly, we're being told that the Ukrainians are doing a great job of stopping the Russian advance. Well, I have some problems with that. If that's true, then there is no reason for Ukraine to join NATO because the Russian army is such a shell of its former self that it is not a threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or if that's false, then the Russians, or the other option is maybe that's false. And I guess that's maybe my, my position on it is like that situation is either true or false. And we don't know which one it is, but at some point, we're going to have to have a rational ex- uh, view of this situation. And that's increasingly getting difficult. Well, and, and to be honest, like, okay, like if people, like, let's be honest, the cool side of the house is wanting to see something like Ukraine win against a giant power like Russia. That's perfectly natural for people to want to see that. I think it would be cool. Um, but I want everyone to realize. Disagree. Huh? I disagree. I think a, a weaker Russia makes it easier for the globalists to, to oppress all of us. Oh, I don't mean I don't mean strategically. Superpower is a world where the people that have hijacked the United States no longer have free reign to do what they want. No, I understand that. I wasn't talking about in the strategic sense. I was talking about in the just the sense of wanting, yeah, you like wanting the underdog to win. Like not not from the the like strategic sense of right. Yeah, I don't want I don't want these leftist global dog shit organizations to win. The UN. What has the UN done to solve this problem? Absolutely nothing. What is NATO doing to solve this problem? Absolutely nothing. These giant globalist supposed organizations that we have bent the knee to for all of these things that are supposed to literally, they were built to ensure we didn't have war, have done absolutely zero. Absolutely zero. Like, why the hell would Ukraine even join NATO when they can't do shit right now? Yeah. And so, like, that's what I'm excited about. What I want to come out of this. Like, okay, let's let's just say, let's go with my scenario that Ukraine wins. Sure. But then Ukraine goes, hey, NATO, do you remember how you basically forced us into a fucking war with Russia to distract from your failures domestically? Oh, yeah. And then what did you do? Uh, You kind of blocked some bank accounts, but absolutely didn't block all the energy exports of Russia, which is, by the way, the only thing they care about. Oh, and you warned all of them in advance. So remember how you basically started a proxy war in my country and then you left me high and dry? You, oh, but but to be fair, uh, the U.S. Defense Department offered to train my soldiers via fucking Zoom. Yeah. That's a real thing. They offered, they, they what, what, what was the term that they used, Alan? They, they they offered, like, video conferences to help train the Ukrainians while they're being invaded. Yeah, that's great. Like, if Ukraine w- wins, I would love to see them turn around and be like, hey, West, <laughs> fuck you. 
Well, don't and worry. They deserve because it. I think the Ukrainians are definitely going to win because American bars are throwing out their Russian vodka and <laughs> supermarkets are arguing whether to rename Chicken Kiev Chicken Kiev. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, for those of you who, by the way, don't know, Kiev is the Russian pronunciation and Kiev is the Ukrainian pronunciation. Now, here in the yeah. West, we have always said Kiev. That's just been the common. But now it's Kiev because a bunch of journalists decided so. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's whether it's the Russian or Ukrainian pronunciation. Now, to be fair, there's vastly more Russian speakers and Russia. It, Russian is a more international language in the Eastern Bloc than Ukrainian. You can speak Ukrainian in Ukraine. <laughs> you can speak Russian yeah. in almost every former Soviet country. So, right. It doesn't matter. And it's a dumb thing, but okay. Call it chicken Kiev to, I don't know, make yourself feel right. Better. Well, and that's an, it's, it, that's just another weird example where it seems like every news organization got the same memo. Yep. Suddenly, Suddenly, after years of being pronounced every time I've ever heard it as Kiev, suddenly every news organization is pronouncing it Kiev. Yeah. It sounds like they all got the same memo from the same people to change how they pronounce it. A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, and, and that, that should concern you. Now, I say Kiev because I've said that my whole life and it's easier. And so it's very annoying. I just. Okay. So, but, okay. So a good example of where people may be confused right now is what do you th is we're being told this is an invasion of Ukraine to conquer Ukraine, to create death and destruction because, because vodka Hitler j demands it to be so. Right. <laughs> and I mean, the question is what's the veracity on that? And I think there is some very interesting anomalies we've seen coming from the Ukraine that to me, make it seem like the official narrative which is Russia was intent on conquest in the Ukraine, but the brave Ukrainians are putting up a stubborn defense. The Russian advance has stalled out. Their, their poorly equipped troops are running out of gas because they're so bad at planning. Ooh, that is the official line that I'm seeing from a lot of sources like CNN, which I'm going to say is essentially then the official line of the global progressive hegemony. The, their line is that the ragtag militias of Kiev are stopping vodka Hitler from conquest and genocide in the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. But the reality that we've I haven't seen in any of the footage tells me a different story. One of the biggest things that was brought to my attention that I do not have a good example of or not have a good uh, answer to is where is the actual Russian military? Think back to the footage you've seen. We've seen some armored vehicles. We've seen some trucks. We've seen some helicopters. That's not the Russian military. There are elements of the Russian military that are called peer-level forces, and these include their most modern and capable fighting equipment, BMP-3 fighting vehicles, T-90 tanks. We, I have not seen any of those top-tier-level Russian elements in any of the footage from the Ukraine. But I have seen top-tier level air defense vehicles from the Russian military in, in the Ukraine. So mm -hmm. it seems like the only peer, like peer level, as in capable of engaging NATO forces, they're top-of-the-line troops, only the air defense troops are the ones in Ukraine. All of the rest of the equipment that we see deployed in the Ukraine by Russian forces that we can verify is actually Russian 
is all second line troops. It would be like the U.S. sending the National Guard to invade Mexico and keeping the 1st Cavalry Division just sitting back behind the lines. Mm -hmm. That's really, really bizarre. The second thing is where is the Russian Air Force? The Russian Air Force vastly outnumbers the Ukrainian Air Force. They should have full air superiority over most of Ukraine by now. Mm -hmm. But I don't get the feeling that they do. I don't see massed air attacks. I don't, haven't seen any discussion of a massed air war. The Air Force released a saying, uh, saying that saying that the released a statement saying that the airspace over Ukraine is is remarkably clear of aircraft enough that they've been able to operate two. I think it's like RQ-1 Global Hawk drones over this Ukrainian airspace, over contested areas the entire time of this conflict. Mm -hmm. Where is the Ukraine? Where is the Russian Air Force? They should be essentially everything we know about the Russian army paints the picture that they should be pushing in with their most advanced troops under cover of massed artillery fire and air support with basically uh, establishing air superiority with hordes of hind and Ka-51 helicopter gunships swooping in along the advance, obliterating opposition. This should not be a very hard fight for the Russians, but somehow it is. They're not advancing very quickly. We know that for a fact. We know that they are the advances at a crawl. So what's the reality? I think this the reality is the Russians are doing well, and I think they are deliberately using second-line troops as the cornerstone of their advance for one of possibly two reasons. Well, let's say three reasons. Either their best troops, helicopters, aircraft are all being withheld as a strategic reserve for in case NATO invades the Ukraine, and then they will have their best troops at full strength ready to repel a NATO incursion. That seems like a likely move for the Russians. Or they could be keeping all of those troops in reserve, using their second line forces to essentially, as essentially probing attacks to identify centers of enemy weakness and then crush them with a hammer blow of their less of their less numerical but more highly specialized top tier forces. The third option is simply that it's just too expensive to lose any of those top tier forces, and the Russians feel they can conquer Ukraine without engaging them. Mm -hmm. That makes sense, except for the absence of the Russian Air Force. It certainly feels to me, my analysis of it is it seems like the Russians are deliberately having a deliberately slow advance in order to and, and taking great pains to avoid civilian casualties because the goal of Russia is a political situation solution rather than an outright conquest. Mm -hmm. The goal of Russia as state, again, what do the Russians actually say? What has Putin said in his addresses? Putin has said he does not want to conquer the Ukraine. He wants a neutral Ukraine that is demilitarized and not part of NATO. Well, if that's your goal, invading and putting pressure on the Ukrainians while keeping the civilian body count low is a much better way of doing that than going in with all out first world, with all out top tier military force and destroying everything like the United States did during the invasion of Iraq. Mm -hmm. where we obliterated everything of value in the country in an air war and then sent in ground troops. The Russians watched us do that. The Russians have watched us wage war for the past 20 years, very successfully. There's no way the Russians missed how successful the U.S. military has become in the last 20 years. 
it's ridiculous to assume that their generals were not watching that, reading books on it, trying to emulate those tactics with whatever they had at their disposal. And they're not playing by that playbook. The playbook that is so effective for the United States, they're not even they're not playing by it even slightly. They haven't people could say the Russian military is not on par with the United States, and that's true. But against a country like Ukraine on their border, after months and months of planning, preparation, and stockpiling troops, equipment, and supplies, your tanks are not do not run out of gas on the third day of fighting. Right. That's ridiculous. <clears throat> that the allegations that that's why the the advance is slowing are, are should be the last thing that is assumed. But I think because a lot of people in the U.S. military and the State Department do not have a good concept of war as a political end, simply war for conquest, they don't they can't understand Russia essentially putting troops in Ukraine as a means to pressure Ukraine into into adopting a policy that Russia finds desirable. Yeah, I, I very seriously actually worry that our intelligence community and our State Department and diplomatic corps is honestly being given its data from mainstream media more than their own mm -hmm. classified sources. Uh, no, I, I, and I, I'm saying like I think a lot of that is very obvious because now to be fair and accurate, I did not think that Putin was going to move into Ukraine. I thought that Putin's strategy was going to be to sit on the border of Ukraine and not do anything and make the U.S. and the West look insane by screaming about war for months on end while nothing right. was happening. I, I, I thought that, too. Mm -hmm. I thought that was the most likely thing as well. But, but then he for... did invade. Yeah. The other thing is, where are all the civilian casualties? Like the, well, the reports that I've heard of like horrible civilian casualties, things like nine civilians have died in the Russian advance on Maripol. Yeah. Uh, like, that's one U.S. drone strike. <laughs> that seems a lot more like a collateral damage incident than deliberately targeting Russian civilians with mass artillery fire. Yeah. And, and, well, and that's the whole thing, too, is like, was it? Because I, I was told that an apartment building got shelled by the Russians and that was a lie. So yeah, it turns know. out the apartment building that we all that a bunch of people saw on TV that looks like it has a giant cratered hole in it on the upper stories and is on fire. Oh, it's so horrible! Turns out that building was actually hit by a Ukrainian anti-air missile that was firing at a Russian jet. Yeah, that was not fun. The Russian jet was not firing on the neighborhood. Right. I think honestly. It's very likely that the movements from Russia were um, they're being strategic and they're creating a pressure campaign. Sure. What Russia likely wants now, like I said, I don't know, like may maybe randomly Putin wakes up and he's like, oh, I want I want to own Ukraine. Fuck it. And, you know, sure. and, and, and he just rolls in and they make Putin grad or something. I don't know. Um, but. If if the stated in here. Okay, let, let me let me back up a little bit. Here's the problem. Um, anytime Vladimir Putin says something, the entire United States media screams, well, he lies. He lies about everything. Everything he says is a lie. Um, right. If that has become the... Um, if that has become the prevailing opinion in the State Department and the diplomatic corps, we are fucked at ever coming up with a diplomatic solution to this problem. 
Because right. if your initial belief is everything that this person says to me is a lie, you will never negotiate. So it's not shocking that Joe Biden failed. It's not shocking that the West failed at negotiating these tactics because the prevailing opinion is you can't believe anything he says. Well, then why are you even negotiating? Just invade Russia for, for God's sakes. Like, stop stop with this yeah. bullshit. Stop, stop with the uh, foreplay. And just start your goddamn war and get get this over with because this is this is painful and stupid and a distraction from us solving any of our domestic issues. Oh, but you're not going to do that because you're weak and you're cowards and this is all a feint. You're not even doing anything substantial against Russia over this because this is all theater for you. But the the point is, I believe that this is a pressure campaign from Russia to exert just enough pressure without... Um, Wound, they don't want to murder the Ukrainian population. They want the Ukrainian population to basically beg their government to just make it stop. Right. Now, if you start murdering civilians, those civilians yeah, will then t- say again. That's a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. The civilians will then turn around and say, I want every Russian dead. They don't want that. Yeah. They just want the Ukrainians to want Russia to go away. And the way that they get the Ukrainian citizens to want Russia to go away is to apply just enough pressure and enough inconvenience that they go, oh, my God, government, would you just like, what does it take to make them go away? And they go, well, not joining NATO. They're like, then just sign a damn treaty that says you won't join NATO. Who cares? Right. So Russian already Ukrainian and Russian negotiators have agreed to hold talks in Belarus. Yeah. And I think this is the entire point of the Russian incursion yeah. was to force the Ukrainian government to have serious talks where Russia is in a position of strength and Ukraine is not. Well, and, and to um, be fair, sorry, real quick, I, I do want to yeah. point out these talks probably could have occurred months ago. And and yeah. none of this would have happened, but NATO put NATO put its finger on the scale. Right. NATO was put, putting it. NATO was. And it's hard to know exactly how this played out behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. I think NATO was selling the Ukrainians a bill of goods and that Russia's not going to invade you. Don't worry, Ukraine. Russia's not going to invade you. If they do, we're here. We're going to stop them. It's all fine. Because I think the which NATO assessment did you see that? actually honestly predicted a Russian invasion. It's the same as the polling issue we keep running into. The powers that be are terrible at predicting the future because they are so filled with their own arrogance and prop and their own they're they're getting high up their own supply of propaganda. Yeah. Nobody in the West, at least the Western intelligence sphere, seemed like they seriously believed Putin would invade the Ukraine. And so I'm sure they were telling the Ukrainians, don't worry, he's not going to invade all of our best men, all of our top men. Uh, all of our top zeers and gmails all said that they're not going to invade. So you can keep pretending like you're going to join NATO and we'll keep sending you money and weapons. It's going to be great. And suddenly the Ukrainians are going, oh, shit, they actually invaded. We are so not ready for this. We have absolutely no way to repel this. Uh, NATO, where are you? And NATO's going, don't worry. We're going to be a, we're we're putting our troops around your country. Are you going to put him in our country and establish a no-fly zone? Oh, no, we're not going to do that. That's <laughs> that's too much. We're not doing that. No, that that's di- what should be happening. That would disrupt my economy, which is the whole, like, which I'm trying to use this war to, dis- to distract from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think a big part of this war, a, a big part, I, I think the, 
the the uh, saber rattling for this conflict was the administration wanting to create uncertainty in the stock market, which drives up the price of bonds, which makes it inflation go down, mm-hmm. which affects interest rates. Like oh, not- it, it was a big benefit to the Biden regime that unrest around the world lowers interest rates at home. Yeah. I, uh, well, and, and it's, what's hilarious is we already saw some of the propaganda as well, where CBS news put out, um, an article that basically said inflation and, uh, high gas prices are happening because of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, uh, two days after it happened. So every failure of Joe Biden is now going to be blamed on Russia invading Ukraine. Yeah. So. That's very, very obvious. Now, with that being said, um, let's say that talk a little bit about like what what occurs if like let's say Russia and Ukraine meet and let's say that Ukraine Mm -hmm. like is Ukraine in a position where they can agree to a treaty that says that they will remain neutral and Russia leaves or. What like what happens? What like what's because that's the problem. We're being told the the propaganda that we're being fed right now by the U.S. Um, and, and by media outlets is that uh, Ukraine's going to totally win against the Russian army. So what happens if they meet in Belarus and they go, "We're going to sign a treaty, and Russia's going to go away, and we're going to remain neutral and stay out of NATO." Um, how does the West react? How how, how do you see the liberals and the global elite? somehow try to spin that into a win as opposed to an absolute failure with which NATO absolutely looks weak and toothless in that situation. Uh, This is actually a very good question. So what is the outcome of of this all going to be? Well, part of it is, say Ukraine and NATO want to meet, the Russian demands are are very simple. Russia essentially, the Russian demands of the Ukraine are demilitarization and neutrality. Ukraine does not join NATO, but Ukraine does not also have to join Russia. The sovereignty of Ukraine or the territorial integrity of Ukraine probably would stay uh, with the maybe minus the uh, Donetsk and Luhansk, which declared themselves independent, which Russia recognized. However, I think that would that might be the best case scenario for everyone involved. Ukraine doesn't join NATO. And then Russia pulls back its forces and everything's fine. The other question is, what is the West going to do to Russia? And that's where things get, I think, very dangerous. So, for example, uh, there has been a giant set of sanctions placed on Russia. Well, I think the Russians knew this was coming and they're probably undeterred by it. Let's be be fair. Not that giant. Not, Not that giant. Well, okay, true. It's not going to. We're still buying Russian gas and Russian oil. Like all that's still flowing out of Russia just fine. The big thing is economically. One of the things there's the SWIFT banking network, which is a big acronym for something, but it basically is the this network of banks and electronic banking that underpins a lot of the Western banking infrastructure. And a bunch of countries basically demanded and pushed Russia out of that banking network. Okay, so Russia no longer has no longer really has easy access to Western financial markets. Well, Russia just unilaterally joined with India, which imports a lot of things from Russia and said, we're no longer using the U.S. dollar. And I think China and Russia could be next. 
if China, Russia, India all agree, you know what, we're no longer using the U.S. dollar as a medium of exchange, that could be very, very upsetting to the U.S. economy and the entire world global order. And it's all due to this petty, spiteful attitude by the West thinking it can get away with whatever it wants. The Biden administration has treated Russia with absolute disrespect and had made no allowance for its realistic security concerns and is pushing, essentially pushed Russia into a situation where Russia is now leveraging its power to destroy the dollar with other American opponents like China who would happily see the U.S. dollar be subverted as a form of international finance for something like the yen. Mm -hmm. Well, that's going to be very, very bad for the U.S. economy. And it's and it, what happens with Turkey? Turkey's on the border with Russia. What happens with Pakistan that imports almost all its wheat from Russia? All Those countries are probably also going to drop the U.S. dollar because it no longer suits their needs with their biggest trading partner. So we're we are the United States response is essentially to hurt our own economy in the long term for some pathetic gain in the short term. Right. Because if the Russians win, if they're again, we have to we have to accept what the Russian demands at face value. If we if the Russians demands are demilitarization and neutrality of Ukraine, that doesn't hurt the United States. But destroying the the dollar as the means of international finance absolutely hurts the United States economically for generations to come. Yeah. Well, and th and this is what's really funny, right? Is um, well, I, I I like the dumb statement that we get to hear, which is uh, you know, Russia's illegal war because apparently we consult lawyers as to whether or not it's, like, it's a legal or illegal. Like that uh, is so. You're a moron if you use that. Do you know what a war is? A war is when you use hostile force and death to force somebody into a position with which you want them. That is a war. Yeah. You kill people in war. So this, this dumb assery of some sort of moral war. Oh, it's a legal war or it's an illegal war. Oh, as opposed to those legal wars, because we consulted the lawyers. Like what, what sort of asinine kindergarten baby nonsense is yeah. this? Like, well, it's like, and how do you look at the last 20 years of U.S. foreign policy and feel like the U.S. has any leg to stand on criticizing this move? It's like the United States basically unilaterally invaded Iraq twice, invaded Afghanistan unilaterally launched its entire campaign in Libya, did the entire global war on terror, which was U.S. military assets striking at targets around the entire world. So this idea that the United States is sitting in some position of great moral standing in, in all this is laughable. And so we can only go back to, okay, what is it? What is in our interest and what is not in our interest? Because morality does, should, does not apply in a lot of this. Yeah, yeah. Like, let, how, how about we all just take a pause and realize that uh, you're, you're not going to have a good – you're not being an honest person if you're going to sit there and have a uh, moral discussion about the morality of you killing people. Yeah, it's, like, don't it's get ridiculous. Me, don't get me wrong. There's There are philosophical arguments. I am not against – like, I, I'm not some peacenik. 
But I'm not, I also don't sit there and say like, well, is it moral that we go blow up that compound? Like, no, of course it's not. We're dropping bombs on people. Like if you want to talk about it from matters of faith, God's pretty pissed when you're killing each other. Like full stop, full stop. We've already lost. We've already lost the path of God and the light of Christ and all of these things when we're dropping bombs on people. But it is also something that does occur. It is also real life. And so this idea that like we're all marching, unless we're launching the great Holy Crusade, um, I don't think you should be having the discussions about whether or not you're moral in war. It's just, sorry, it is something that agitates me because Mm -hmm. the reason why it agitates me is because it proves that the United States lives in storybook, dumbass Netflix fantasy. To them, war is a freaking movie because most of these assholes have comfortably sat in their living rooms watching wars on television and have never themselves ever had to sit there in a gun turret with ice water going through their gut because at any moment their head could get freaking blown off. Sure. It... It's also just displays the flippancy. It's the flippancy we put towards war and conflict that is very unfortunate. And I think a lot of this is bred by our technolo- by the U.S. technological prowess, that we essentially look at wars as something we can fight with zero casualties on our side. And that's not helpful. But at, yeah. the, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I think that there, this is all of this conflict in the Ukraine is the responsibility of the United States for push for its arrogance in its actions towards Russia. Mm-hmm. And I think that it is very much in the interests of the American people that the Russians win this confrontation so that the parasitic elements that have been destroying our country are further degraded and demoralized. How are we going to have any kind of reconquista of america to regain the freedoms that we've lost to regain sanity to become back in the realm of pragmatism and realism rather than tranny story hour and men can be women and everything nothing makes sense and there is no truth if if russia loses in the ukraine that will only be emboldened the only way we can go back to that is if we no longer live in a world where the united states is the sole superpower and we are forced by circumstance because obviously obviously the truth doesn't matter because everyone can ignore it we have to we are in a position where we are going to be forced by circumstance to come back to reality and adopt realistic government policies and get out of fantasy fairy tale Democrat land where we can't just infinitely spend money. We can't just be the world police. We can't do all of these things. We can't hollow out our military with LGBTQ acceptance policies. We can't hollow out our country with a completely open and porous border where anyone can wander in. We can't do these things. And the only reason we're able to get away with it is because we are so rich and have such military might that there's no opposing force able to stop the madness. And in a world where there is a, where let's say Russia wins this conflict, it's going to make them more ascendant and it's going to be a wake. I I guess I want this to be the wake up shock that we need, that we should have gotten many, many times from now. But clearly we still need that wake up call where people will say, okay, let's, 
ignore all the nonsense and focus on what is actually real and what will actually matter on the ground rather than what is dictated by people's feelings. Right. And I hope is that this Ukraine thing goes bottom up. The U.S. is further embarrassed. The Biden regime is further discredited and more Americans finally wake up to the, the reality that the people that are running our country are absolutely running it against the interests and future of the nation itself. Yeah, the unfortunate part about this is is kind of kind of what you're what you're identifying here is um, the progressives see Ukraine as a fellow traveler, and so yeah. to them, if Ukraine beats Russia, that's a win for all of their progressive policies. A good example of that is the headline of a Daily Beast article, which is Ukraine's voluntary like gay. What was it? What was it? Um, sorry. It's like Ukraine's oh, yeah. voluntary, like, uh, gay combat volunteers. Ukraine's gay combat volunteers are ready to fight for their lives again. And the, uh, yeah, so tiring. Uh, no, that, that, sorry. The, here's the whole headline. Ukraine's gay combat volunteers are ready to fight for their lives against anti LGBTQ Putin. Um, and it goes desperate to avoid the shadow of Vladimir Putin's bigoted regime uh, falling over Ukraine. LGBTQ combat volunteers told the Daily Beast that members of the gay community had been rushed to prepare for this invasion of Ukraine in recent weeks. Now they stand ready to fight back and resist Russian occupation of Putin's forces Uh or if Putin's forces look to remain on Ukrainian soil. Uh, Varanka Lamina, who lives in Lviv, in the far west of the country, has been running a camp teaching volunteer LGBTQ cadets basic combat and paramedic skills. She has signed up for Lviv's Territorial Defense Force and says she's ready to join the fighting as Putin's forces move west across the country. I'm angry, she told the Daily Beast, as the Russians bombed cities and drove tanks deeper into Ukrainian territory. We will kill Putin. Lamina, who works for an NGO promoting equal rights for LGBT people in the military, says the gay community in Ukraine will resist. Okay, so she's obviously, it's a CIA front. All right. Yeah. All right, so it's it's a CIA front. It's a non-governmental organization, which means that it's an internationally funded giant CIA front, State Department, USAID, whatever front. And they're using all of their ability to front uh, weapons and whatever to an insurgent group by saying, it's just a pro-gay. It's so like, are these specifically gay militias? Like, is there the pride militia or is this actually just a frickin' militia that has some gay people in it and the Daily Beast wants to twist this into progressivism is really what won the day against Russia because diversity is our strength. Oh. What an insufferable world to live in where that if the Russians if the Ukrainians win. Not like this is the whole thing like okay, like are there gays in Ukraine? Sure. I'm pretty sure there's gays in Russia. Is it illegal to be gay in Russia? I don't know. It doesn't matter. I just wondered. But point is, okay, fine. Um, they're just soldiers, man. Also, I, I do want to point out this whole idea of like all of these gays are volunteering. 
Um, dude, Ukraine's conscripting every able-bodied man to fight. Yeah. Like, uh, this isn't this isn't a movie. There are also people... the idea that you're just going to hand out ten like thousands of assault rifles to untrained civilians and then send them up against the Russian military, I think is actually a incredibly cynical ploy to increase the uh, civilian casualty rate. Wow. Like you're telling all of these Ukrainian citizens, yeah, just grab a Molotov cocktail and go throw it at that tank, and then the tank is going to shoot you. It's going to kill you and all your friends in a burst of machine gun fire. And then everybody gets to report four, five civilians were brutally gunned down by the, in Kharkov today by Russian forces. You're going to give a bunch of old men and boys rifles. They're going to go die trying to fight Russian troops. And then they're going to say, look at how horrible it is. They're just indiscriminately killing civilians. When all these, I, I, I worry that like, Again, like, think of the people that do this. They're monsters. These are the people that laughed when they were dropping bombs on Libya. These are people that tried to cover up murdering that family in Afghanistan with a drone strike. And claiming that they were ISIS and still, as far as I know, never clarified. Is it really beyond the realm of possibility that these same ghouls in the U.S. government are encouraging policies in Ukraine that will drive up the civilian body count so they can use it as a propaganda, you know, as a grandstand for which to push for more action against Ukraine like, are, are or against you, Russia? Are, are you asking if, if Joe Biden is capable of sending Ukrainians to die for a photo op so his poll numbers go up? Is that your That's question? That's exactly what I'm asking. Oh, they, I think yes. That that the answer is unequivocally yes. They would absolutely yeah. do that. And like seriously, and that's like why don't I support Ukraine in this? Because Ukraine is supported by those people that are so incredibly evil that they're doing this to the Ukrainians. Like they put the Ukraine in this situation, knowing full well that this sort of thing could happen, and they are now encouraging more Ukrainians to die because it helps them politically. Yeah, I just want whatever outcome results in um, the left and the globalists to stop using random poor countries as piggy banks and to stop using random poor countries to fight their proxy wars. Exactly. Like, if you really stand with the Ukrainian citizens, um, then you should be pretty upset with Joe Biden and NATO who caused this entire war to happen. Right. Ukraine was neutral. Ukraine was neutral. It was not invaded by the Russians. They, up until 2014, Ukraine had a treaty with, a non-aggression treaty with Russia that was broken after Ukraine agreed to join NATO. And then there was a coup and and Russia had to protect its biggest naval base in the region. Yeah. Uh, if, If Ukraine had not tried to join NATO... Russia would just continue to be leasing the Crimean uh, Navy base on the Black Sea, and none of this would happen. Everything would be fine. Nate, it is the United States and NATO pushed this conflict into reality starting in 2008 when they announced that Ukraine would join NATO. Mm-hmm. Same with Georgia. They announced that Georgia would join NATO against Russian interests, and then Russia promptly invaded Georgia. Yep. And but here's a good question. Georgia is not owned by Russia currently. Georgia is still a sovereign country because right. Georgia reneged on its promise to join NATO. Yeah. 
The end. Which to Western powers might as well be the same thing. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. Like Ukraine is going to be put into a position where, I don't know. I, I, I guess, I guess either Ukraine has to burn to the ground or we're, they're going to end up just being called a puppet state of Russia. Like, I think it'd be better for Ukraine to be a puppet state of Russia than be burned to the ground. Well, that, that's the whole thing. If Zelensky um, does what is right or, or you know, let, let, me, let me phrase it this way. If Zelensky does what will get this conflict to come to an end in any manner, there's absolutely no way the American left doesn't turn around and say that he's now a puppet of Putin. It's impossible. Right. Basically, Zelensky has to die. Yeah. In 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 a battle with a Russian tank <laughs> or he's going to get called a uh, or or engage in a forever war for the next 20 years. Um he's going to end up being called a puppet of Putin at the end of this. If if Zelensky does anything to actually minimize the loss of life in his country and says, "Okay, fine. We won't join NATO." That's fine. Whatever. Like I can still just be a country um but I'm I'm not I'm not going to pursue joining NATO. Okay, fine. I, I guarantee you it's going to be, well, let's talk about how he's really just a comedian. What an right. idiot. He should have gone along with Joe Biden, Justin Trudeau, and Boris Johnson's forever war that makes progressivism look good. How are we going to distract from our failures now? I guess we'll have to right. invade some other country. Well, and and again, all of this could have been avoided. All of this is a direct result result of arrogant policies by the West to expand NATO. Mm -hmm. Because of that, NATO is going to... There'll be no more NATO expansion. That's done. NATO expansion is over now. And it is only because they were too aggressive and too arrogant about it. Yeah. Uh, So, like, Finland probably... They might have wanted Finland to join NATO. They might have had a better alliance against Russia if they had not been this arrogant. Yeah. But they were this arrogant... And now, and here we are. NATO expansion's done. That's over. We're, we're pushing the Russians into an economic tr- relationship with China on a scale that is unprecedented. And the Chinese will be all too happy to play along with that to destroy the U.S. dollar. Yep. All of this, none of this ends well for the United States. And maybe that's almost even, I, I, I hesitate to say that's going to be a good thing, but it's all so unnecessary it's simply the arrogance of our leaders and the people that own them that put us that are putting us in these situations. Yeah. Well, and and then and especially think back to Canada. We didn't really get to cover this last week, but a bunch of people showed up to peacefully protest infringements of their civil rights and the Canadian government responded by cajoling Canadian banks to strip those people of financial assets. That is absolutely insane and unprecedented in the West. And it shows at the drop of the hat, our governments could absolutely do the same thing. Yeah. There, there is nothing stopping them. Yeah. And, and just, just so you know, there were larger, there's a far larger effect. If you were a Canadian trucker to your life for protesting mask mandates, or protesting vaccine mandates uh, than there are to any Russian oligarch. Yeah. The Western governments are taking took a harsher stance against anybody who protested their liberal nonsense 
than they are against supposedly an illegal war. Like a country invaded another country and they are treating them with softer gloves than they will their own citizens for the temerity of trespassing or honking a horn. Yeah. So, so at the end of the day, I have more, we have more problems at home than we have overseas. And those things have to be sorted before we can really care about being the world police again. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I can't, I can't stress this enough. Um, don't like, don't misunderstand. These weren't banks saying, Hey, we just don't want to bank with you. Uh, that yeah. in, in Canada, these are, there are banks that hold mortgages on people's homes that said, we're not going to do business with you anymore, which by the way, means we don't, uh, we're not going to continue to mortgage your home. Now, I don't know if this is what the end result was, but the end result could be people get kicked out of their homes. People yeah, did is, lose their jobs. That happened. Yeah. People did lose their bank accounts. That happened. They were threatening to take not just people's children away, but their pets. Yeah. This is and, and all because they were protesting a a violation of their civil rights. Yeah, and, and th by the way, these are the same governments that are screaming, "Oh my God, Russia is destroying right. democracy!" And these are the same governments that, in the next couple months, are going to just drop all the COVID nonsense for the midterms. Oh, so no. they did all this to their own people just for them to drop it because of what it really is about. And this was obvious by the Canadian trucker protest and the government response. What became the most obvious thing there was that the government does not countenance you disagreeing with it. They will allow Black Lives Matter to protest because that is government sponsored. But the second it looks like you are being disobedient to what your overlords want, they will crush you in with any methods they have available economic military police they will they will come for come for you and it's the same with january 6th that should have been a bigger wake-up call for the united states but my god like people just trespassed on the capitol and they're being they've had their lives utterly destroyed they're still sitting in jail it's been how many years has it been yeah two at least two yeah Two entire years, these people have been wasting away in basically solitary confinement because, as an example to the rest of us, don't you dare disagree with the government. Don't you dare try and stop us. So, I mean, forgive me for not being that concerned about the civil rights of people in the Ukraine when my own government seems hell-bent on destroying my civil Well, actually, not even, like, they, are, they obviously are opposed to my civil rights here at home yeah well and, and it's been a year not two years i'm i'm out of my mind um no the uh wouldn't, no wouldn't it no wasn't it 2020 2021 it was 2020. 2021. It was 2021. You're right. You're right. It's been a year. I know. Yeah. It's because the election was 2020. So I literally just yeah, went, yeah, I, it's, my that was a zero yeah. and but this still, one's a two. Still, still <laughs> imagine if yeah. you showed up to a protest mm -hmm. and then you got arrested for trespassing and they held you in solitary confinement for a year. Yep. 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 A peaceful protest. Mm -hmm. Like now yeah, granted, it, people it, can debate whether January 6th was peaceful or not, but, if it, but essentially it was. Like it I wasn't, mean, you're not being under arrest for assaulting a police officer. They're not under arrest for prop destroying property. They're under arrest for simple crimes like trespassing. Oh yeah. Well, and it's the same with the Canadian truckers. 
you're getting your life destroyed, your bank account are like wiped. Like you're getting, this is an insane response by the government for people that were just blocking traffic and honking horns. Mm -hmm. Remember when all those Black Lives Matter people kept blocking traffic? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it just, the hypocrisy of it shows you how much civil rights are a non-issue with these people. And it's all this thin veneer over what is actually a totalitarian system that truly rules the West. Well, and that's the terrifying thing, too, is like the the people, you know, involved in all of this are now screeching about how uh, Russians invasion is actually an invasion on democracy. Like, dude, I've watched how you people react. I don't know if I support democracy, at least yeah, not whatever the democracy that the democracy these people want is not it's synonymous with freedom. Yeah. Like whatever it is that Joe Biden and Justin Trudeau and these people call democracy is not what I want in my country because I am oppressed in that country. Mm -hmm. And that's that it's just, it is, it is baffling. It is baffling to me that these people would have the absolute temerity to go in front of a microphone after everything that we've just watched and say, Oh, I can't believe democracy is being violated. We must, we must go to war. And it's like, how the hell did you think you would get away with that? And I will admit as much as I'm, I'm bashing on people for like some of the propaganda and the lies and the, whatever that we've seen being shared. At least I will say, I've seen plenty of people going, okay, no, you don't get to say that. Get out of here. Um, so that is good. Um, but just, just just keep it up because I'm telling you right now the left's new thing is they want the they want the war in Ukraine to they want you to forget about everything that they've done to you and everything they just did to you. By the way, um, the CDC is releasing new guidance on COVID stuff to lighten the load. Shockingly, the hope yeah. is is that. They muddy the water with all the Ukraine nonsense. People forget about the trucker protests. Conservatives become too afraid to go along with their own trucker protest here because they get uh, emotionally manipulated into being like, well, maybe now's not a good time during conflict in Ukraine for us to be honking our horns outside of Joe Biden. I don't want people to think I'm pro-Putin. Right. You know, they're really hoping that that all happens. And it's going to go on for a few months and then everyone's going to stop thinking about it. And life will return back to normal because the CDC lifted all of its guidelines and the Democrat Party told all of their activists to stop pushing back at school board meetings and told the unions to stop complaining about masks. We're not about masks anymore. And life goes back to normal and everyone goes, oh, yeah, you know, I just I feel better today. It's weird. Oh, what day? Oh, it's November. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't see a reason not to vote for Biden or for Biden's party. I don't see a reason not to support democrats i haven't heard a good reason in a while uh because the republican party's been too goddamn afraid to say anything because they're afraid of what rachel maddow is going to say about them on msnbc right yeah sorry i couldn't help it Mm -hmm. that's uh that's the whole point of this everyone they're doing this so you will stop talking about joe biden's failures because we were on track to completely obliterate the Democrat party in 2022. And they started a goddamn war to distract you from that. Yeah. Like change my mind, change my mind that Justin Trudeau and Joe Biden, 
uh, didn't put pressure to start this war, uh, just specifically so they don't lose complete political power because they were literally at the point where they could have been overthrown by the citizenry. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, I think the, I mean, this may be one of the reasons why we're seeing so much disinformation coming out of Ukraine. Sell people this really compelling story of, oh, it's the rebel alliance versus the empire. Oh, it's, it's the Marvel universe all over again it's against just evil like bad guys. It's just like the movies, everybody. <laughs> Sell that really hard to the American people. And you can get everybody talking about Ukraine and every, and nobody talking about your COVID restrictions or the fact that Pfizer is right now releasing a thousand documents a day on the vaccine trials or any of these other, any of the other, there is a lot of comeuppance that is due over the past two years of COVID nonsense. There is a huge amount of anger that people should be push should be fostering against the government for how we were treated for two years. It, it should be, there should be an almost an uprising in this country against these people, making sure they can never threaten us with that same level of nonsense ever again. And I think the hyperbolic inflation of the Ukraine crisis is a mechanism to try and make people forget all of that. So in two weeks, when so in two weeks, when people go, well, that Ukraine thing solved itself out. Anyway, back to where we were. We'll all go. What about all of those, that bullshit we went through with COVID? Those people need to be stopped. No, it's like, oh my gosh, that was forever ago. That was ages ago. Oh, can't we just move on to something else now? Yep. Oh, and, and you know, I, I think it bears uh, noting that uh, just remember the last time these same people uh, told you about a bunch of Russia stuff. Um, it was all a lie. Because remember, they stole the 2016 election and colluded with Donald Trump. Was that true? No, but you should totally believe what they're saying about mm. Russia now. Maybe it's true this time, right? Right, everybody? Because yeah. the media wouldn't lie about stuff like that, right? Oh, they never lie about things. No, they, they, no. They haven't been trying to, like, start a war with Russia for years now because, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's the whole thing. Like, maybe that's the fear is like, oh, man, if Putin comes into Ukraine, he's going to get a hold of all the documents that show how corrupt the Democrat Party's been and how they've been using it as a piggy bank. Like, I don't know that that honestly, uh, I can see that as a possibility. Yeah, exactly. I mean. Yeah. Well, and at the same time, think of all the stuff we've heard about, like, well, this Ukraine crisis, that's going to drive up oil prices, not our disastrous energy policies, that's for sure. Certainly not that. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> oh, this Ukraine crisis is going to cause all sorts of inflation, not on, not all the stuff that we've done it's over really, the past couple years. It's really Russia's fault, and by Russia, we mean Tucker Carlson. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so be very aware of that. Yeah. Like, this is a campaign to try and shift focus from their failures onto something else so that they can get away with it and not be held accountable. Oh yeah. No, <laughs> like, like I said, that we we've seen this. This is a, this is the plot to the movie wag the dog. Right. Like they even had the war hero. The ghost of Kiev was uh Woody Harrelson, who was actually a rapist um, that they, uh, that, that somebody randomly accidentally got a picture of in the movie and then when they were trying to fly him out because they were like, okay, well, we need this like jailed rapist guy to look like a soldier. Um, somebody like got a picture of him in a sweater where he supposedly carved Morris code 
into his sweater where it said courage mom. Mm. And so Woody Harrelson was like just some convict. And then they were going to dress him up as a war hero who'd been captured by the enemy during this fake war that never actually happened. And that's the ghost of Kiev. Or maybe it's Kiev. I don't know which, which one makes me a Russian propagandist. I can't remember anymore. (laughs) It's a good question. Um, yeah, j- but j- just to warn you, so you guys aren't shocked because I, I love and care about you. Um, you're going to be called a Russian propagandist if you don't agree with everything O'Biden says. Or, O'Biden. <laughs> oh, everything Biden, Biden ah. says. I didn't mean, I actually didn't mean to do that. Uh, <laughs> it's because when I said Kiev, I remembered uh, that Obama had this obsession with going Pakistan. Oh God. It's just yeah. like what the arrogant present, f- the arrogant fuckery of these coastal elites. Where it's like, oh, while well, we were vacationing in Chile. Like, oh, you must be so educated. You say it like they say it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so it's insufferable. So dumb. Uh, so, um, I, I did. I, I hope I didn't upset anybody uh, kind of bashing into the meme sharing and stuff that some of you might have uh, become victims of. I just I just want to make sure that you aren't uh, fighting uh, the Instagram war on behalf of the liberal elite. Um, I mean, it's it's pretty simple, right? So uh, the newest Lincoln Project video, in case you want to know what the. Um, but the old um, pedophiles are yeah, up to these days. If you want to know what the pedophiles are up to these days, um, it is 100% the exact tactic that we've been outlining uh, and that we were ready to outline for the show, which is here's all the politicians that are pro-Putin and they back Russia. And it just so happens to be everything, everybody we hate. Yeah. So just so yeah. you know, uh, no matter how many hashtags you share out or whether or not you have a Ukraine flag in your profile, you're a pro-Putin uh, apologist. Uh, and probably also a Nazi and should probably be jailed for being a traitor to America um, unless you absolutely think that Joe Biden's the greatest ever. Yeah. Ugh. So <laughs> just going to just going to put that out. But that's uh, that's going to basically be it for the show. Let us know what you guys think in the comments. I'd love to see, you know, if you guys want to have a discussion on this, we've been having some fun discussions uh, revolving around a lot of this stuff on our Discord, uh, which you can access if you go to subscribestar.com forward slash wrong think radio uh, and become a subscriber. You get access to our discord where we have a lot of discussions like this. We've been sharing a lot of the propaganda that's going on. And of course, always the very educated thoughts of our audience, because you guys are the smartest people in the world. We're just here to help spread the word to you, but have a wonderful week. Take it easy. Relax a little bit. Don't get into the propaganda. And honestly, go outside and do something that isn't involved in looking at a screen where the left is basically trying to manipulate you at all times. Uh, That's going to be it for me this week. I'm Aaron from the East Coast. I'm Alan from the West Coast. And this is Wrong Think Radio. We'll see you all next week at noon Eastern Standard Time. Bye, everybody.
Oh, 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 oh,